Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. He's got the Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9923 and enter the PIN 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. And good afternoon. Welcome to show number 195. And the date is May 17th for Tuesday for Sports Lounge Live. We are all here. And uh, Rick Swan, our, our host to be named later, is still here. We just haven't named him yet. So uh, but no. he's, still, he's, he's still here. But with that's that his, in that's mind. His alias. That's his alias yes. that he travels <laughs> under. Yes. <laughs> but with that in mind, we'll go to Chris for the agenda. Okay. And away we go. All right. So we'll have our panel discussion with everybody coming in with their thoughts on what's going on in their area and in the world. We'll have the NBA, we'll have the NHL, and of course, big seventh game, seventh game weekend uh, over this weekend and series decision weekend. All the series are now decided. We're down to the final four in basketball, the final eight in hockey. And then we have uh, baseball and the NFL. Then uh, racing, we're going to do these as we do the uh, minor sports. We do them during our panels, if possible. Uh, racing, uh, I will do golf. Sean will do NASCAR uh, and boxing. Robert will do. So let me do the racing first, then I'll get into my own panel. Of course, the big news this week in racing was that Rich Strike will not be running in the Preakness. Um, he is going to go to the directly to the Belmont. He was, he, you know, he's come from behind horse, and I think they think he has a better chance in the Belmont. And it's, I, I think they do think that Epicenter will be there, so he's going to be the, probably the favorite. But boy, the money second. they would make if he would accidentally win the oh, yeah. Preakness and the Triple Crown. Right. But the thing is that I think it's a little tough on these horses I and mean, it's a lot to change. It's not just the networks. I think that it would be better if one was in, you know, one month, one was the next month, you know, a month apart. This is tough for three, three races in five weeks. So it's uh, the owners really don't like to do it to the horses. There's often an injury. Even when you have a, a horse skip a race, you often see an injury come up with, at the last minute with one of the horses that can't race in all three. So it, it's a pretty tough situation, but you have to change the state racing schedules. You'd have to change uh, the circuits because, you know, the and you'd have to get the networks to or NBC to agree. NBC. Put some, yeah. uh, you know, put some races into June and July, which would be June's okay, early June. But once you get past about the middle of June, people are on vacation. So I don't know. It probably won't happen, but uh, it used to work better. Uh, boy, you all used to run, but uh, nowadays they, they don't. But Rich Strike will not be. So, uh, but the practice will be Saturday. Does anybody know what the post time is for Saturday? I haven't heard. Uh, 6.42. 
642, a little earlier, a little less pomp and circumstance, but uh, anyway, and you get to hear the first uh, airing of Oh Christmas Tree, a.k.a. Maryland, my Maryland. <laughs> so anyway, um, so for my panel, of course, uh, a lot of big games. First of all, I got to talk about personally, I got something I really am glad to get. Uh, Brian Charlson, uh, who people have heard of, of course, in ACB, and uh, we had our Bay State Council Convention a few weeks ago, and I bought some of his wonderful cookies. I'd always been trying to get them on the national level. I'd never been able to get them, but I also got a Bob Cousy autographed basketball that he bought at an NBP gala in 2005. And it's a real honest to goodness basketball with real air in it and everything. And I saw it in the, in the frame it's in, I don't know exactly where we're going to keep it because it's kind of big, but we'll figure that out. We've got it on the, our little table there. But um, the thing is, Bob Cousy was a great guy. I met him for a few minutes back at that gala. And just uh, we'll, we'll be talking about another elder statesman in Boston sports and the similar uh, kind of impact on his team in the early years. Gino Capaletti. We'll be talking about him later on when we do the, the, the NFL. So, um, but there's that, but what is going on right now, the Bruins lost, uh, well, it was three to two, but it was a really three to one game. They got a goal and then they scrambled down there the last 20 seconds, but couldn't come up with anything. Lack of offense. Carolina was the better team throughout the series. They, everybody won their home games. Carolina won theirs by more than the Bruins did. Dominated more in Carolina than the Bruins did here. Not that the Bruins didn't win those games. And, and, uh, that was a, finally a one goal game, but, uh, the Bruins uh, don't have enough offense. I mean, Jer- I think they're on the right track with Jeremy Swayman. I think he'll be okay. I think they've got that, uh, settled. And the Celtics in Milwaukee was quite a series. And again, the Celtics had been the better team throughout the series. And again, the better team won. Celtics ended up blowing them out in the second half on Sunday, but um, they lost a terrible loss on Wednesday uh, when they had about a 10 point lead with maybe 10 minutes to go, ended up losing at home, going down three to two. But then the theory was that Giannis could get his 40 points, but you could still beat him. Well, Giannis got 44 on Friday night and Tatum got 46 and they did beat him. And then on Sunday, Robert Williams was the star. So you had Al Horford in game four, you had Tatum in six, and uh, Robert Williams, uh, I mean, uh, Grant Williams in game seven, Grant Williams. And so this is the thing. And Tatum's your big number one, Brown's your number two. But if you have different people step up, like Horford and Grant Williams and different, uh, Marcus Smart uh, from time to time, you've got a real chance. And they're one of the four that's in there. And they've got as good a chance as anybody, I think, to win this thing. And the now the host to be named later will speak, Rick Swan. I will speak. Um <laughs> I uh, think uh, a little bit tired today. I, <laughs> this morning I went and had a the fourth booster, sh- oops, sorry, fourth booster shot and a pneumonia shot at the same time. Oh. I don't know. If, I don't know if that was too smart. But uh, two Rick, arms, two that's arms not what I can do. Two shots. <laughs> I did that, and boy, I was that's my wife. <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, um, NFL schedule come out, um, and you know the the Giants year last year was such a disaster, and now they had a pretty good draft. I look at the schedule; I'm getting all psyched up again. They're sucking me in again. <laughs> um, the schedule to me lays out pretty well. I don't know if you guys who are fans of, of AFC teams, I don't know if you felt the same way last year, but this year we got that extra home game, and the schedule looks so much better. It's, <laughs> I mean, like that. And well, the Giants kind kind of a strange schedule. Anyway. They open up on the road, and three out of the last four are on the road. So that means from week two to the next 12 weeks, they have eight, eight out of 12 weeks home. Wow. And, and for one of those four road games is actually a, a neutral game in, in London against Green Bay. So it, it, I'm, I'm getting sucked in again. Um, <laughs> the only other, one thing I wanted to mention, I mentioned this to Chris over the weekend. Uh, watching, uh, sometimes these announcers and Cullerman make such strange statements. I was watching the uh, Florida-Washington hockey game, game five, I think it was last Wednesday. And about three minutes left, Florida has a two-goal lead. And the color man, somebody named Kevin Wheatley, I assume he's a former player. I don't, I don't remember him. Oh, Kevin, he, Kevin yeah. Wheatley. 
Weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, he was a goalie, I think, for the Rangers and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he says three minutes left. Florida's leading by two goals, and, and Washington pulls their goalie. And Kevin Weeks says, well, you know, I think Washington should show a little bit of a, you know, get, get, really get going here because – if they score, uh, and let me know why. Yeah, sure. Let me let me tell you why they should really bear down right now. Because now, write this down. This is great strategy. You may never hear again. The sooner they score that first goal, the more time they have to get the second one. You know, that's a good point. I don't know. Sometimes these color men are so insightful. Wow. Yeah, and that's why they get the big money. That's right. So, uh, okay, so on to our guy who gets the big money. What do you got, Perry? I will throw this in before I forget it. The NFL and Deshaun Watson are having their meetings this week to determine yeah. if he violated the uh, conduct, you know, the personal conduct policy in the NFL. So that gets the Deshaun Watson stuff out of the way early. Um, the iCubs are at home again this week. It's supposed to be rainy tonight, so we may have a double header sometime this week. But um, Iowa in college baseball, it looks like they're at least going to make the Big Ten tournament. Hopefully they can make the other tournament. Um Ole Miss had a good weekend at LSU. I'm sure Pierre didn't like that, but they had a, a good weekend down there. And nope. uh, but the and uh, all that. But we're supposed to have thunder showers today, and it's it's not terribly hot, but the humidity is up a bit, and uh, that's kind of what's going on in the middle part of the country. And Bill, I'll bet things are pretty similar where you are in the middle part of the country. Pretty similar. We're getting ready to leave. I think by June 20th, we'll be back in Florida. And it'll be uh, hotter down there. Yeah, it'll be hot, 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 but it's home. Now, do you, now Bill, do you prefer the hot over the, you know, in the weather? Do you prefer the hot over the It's humid the either place, so I don't know. I well, I mean, like, you know, you know I, everybody would like 75 and no humidity, but right. if you're going to give me a choice between the two, would I rather take the heat or 10 below zero? I'm going to take the heat anytime. Um, I just got something that came across the wire. And it seems to be an interesting um, acquisition the Colts just made. Does anybody know anything about a Philip Lindsay? I guess he's been right, around. Yeah. What about him and where where has he it's played? Like Denver, didn't he? Running back who started with Denver, he was actually, yeah. a, I believe, an undrafted free agent when he joined Denver. And he had a re- he had a pretty good season for Denver as a rookie, but I don't know what happened. He ended up going to, last year I think he was on Houston and he didn't do much. But the Colts just signed him. I guess he's had 700 touches and zero um Zero drop, or not drops, but um, yeah, fumbles. And uh, supposed to be fairly good. But then again, if you're getting signed this late, there must be some other issue. I don't know, but they seem to be pretty excited about it. And I guess the other local story, you know, we, we can talk about the Celtics and and the Heat. But now we're talking about the teams fighting for a lottery position. So now we're trying to figure out where the Pacers are going to land yep. uh, in the draft, and that's not a that's good tonight at eight o'clock. That's right. a good yeah. position. Um, 
Also, Bill, did you have something on TuneIn you wanted to discuss? Yeah, I'm going to get to that in one second. So, but anyway, it's uh, it's what it is. The lottery usually doesn't change that much. I think Detroit jumped up last year, or Cleveland did one year, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there's, there's been some that, you know, have. For a while, Orlando had a run. They were up there a lot, you know, and, and, and not expected to. So it all depends, and I think they've modified the ping pong balls a little bit and changed the numbers and done different little tweaks to it. So we'll see how it goes. But I don't think Indiana's ever had number one that I can remember. No, and and, uh, that's the only thing Orlando's ever won, but they've never really done anything. (laughs) No, they didn't. They didn't really use those. Those was four or five years ago, I think, Robert, and they really never made it work. No, never made it work. Oh, what I'm going to talk about for people who are who like to listen to radio or get it on their Android or their iPhone devices. Uh, There are several programs out there, but one is called TuneIn Premium. And this gives you about 180,000 total stations, but they cover the NBA, they cover the MLB and the NFL, and... Um, the NHL, so they cover a lot of sports, college, basketball, anything you want. But they're running a special now for a while. You can get this, and let me say this correctly, Robert, with the exception of Robert. Everybody can get it for everybody can get it for forty dollars a year for tune in premium. And I was paying ninety nine dollars. So either the competition's pretty heated up in that space or area, or they're just trying to get all the listeners that they possibly can. So that's Really, what I can say about that now, what Bill? For those of us who already okay. have it, what do we have to do? I mean, do you have? To- well, I would say log into your account and either send them an email, or I don't know if you've have you ever called them. I don't know if they have a phone. I have, n- I have not. I've emailed. I've never called them. I would email uh, support and say, hey. I'm on this monthly plan, and I want off of this. And I suppose you could cancel your monthly plan and then sign up with this plan because it's not for just first-time users. So I would say check it out, especially if you like that kind of stuff. All That's right, right. And if anybody, if we find out more about it, you'll, and we'll probably talk about this again on All Things Radio Thursday night. And I'm sure that some of the uh, uh, Perry and so forth will check it. So we'll give you a heads up uh, when you know we know something more about it. You know, yes, we will find out. All right, Robert. Since you got to pay okay. ninety nine, go right ahead, please. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, well, he's got his lifetime uh, Sirius XM uh, subscription, yeah. so he's good. Uh, for, for those that don't know, before the show started, uh, Bill was talking about it, and he accidentally said forty dollars a month, and, and so I was giving him a bad time about right. it. But um, uh, the rumor is, guys, that they're eventually going to get rid of TuneIn Live, so. It's a good idea to keep track of what's going on with this because it sounds like TuneIn Premium will be a good deal. And you can, what you can do is, is with with the premium, it will act as TuneIn Live. If you link your account to your a device, it will act as a as TuneIn Live. Yeah. 
Um, so that might be something worth checking into. Uh, as far as my panel goes, Kurt Busch won the race on Sunday. Um, and this week they're going to have an all, the all-star race, which I don't pay much attention to because it really doesn't mean anything in the point standing. It's their version of an all-star game is what it is. So next Tuesday we probably won't mention anything about NASCAR because I don't think anything significant is going to happen during the all-star race. Um, as far as boxing goes, we had a unification fight this Saturday. Uh, Jamel Charlo, the, uh, the twin brother of Jamal, uh, won uh, the 154-pound title. So he has all four belts. Uh, uh, this was a rematch with Brian Cassano. They fought last July to a split draw. Then uh, the fight in July was in San Antonio. And since Charlo is from Texas, Castaño, who's from Argentina, thought it was a hometown decision. So his management group uh, got people to move the fight to Los Angeles. And he thought he'd have a better chance. Well, he did not have a better chance. He actually got knocked out in the 10th round. So Charlo now controls the... Uh, Super middle uh, the uh, the um, the uh, uh, um, oh my God I'm drawing a blank the the division above uh, welterweight he controls that and I think he'll stay at 154 because his twin brother is the champion at 160 and uh, you know a boxer uh, brothers in in boxing don't don't fight each other actually in the ring so I think he'll stay everywhere at- else though like yeah. any other brother. yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'll fight everywhere else, but they don't fight in the ring. So I think he'll stay there. So uh, that's what's happening. And we're we're getting ready to use our air conditioning for the first time today. We're going to be in the 90s, and we're supposed to get our first 100 degrees uh, this weekend. So summer has arrived early in California, and I'm sure it's pretty interesting in Austin, Texas. Let's go to Sean and see what he's got to tell you. Go ahead, Sean. Considering there was a weekend without air conditioning because it was broke, yes, it is. <laughs> Anyway, email email us, sportslounge at allthingsradio.net, or contact us at 800-693-0595, option number two, if you want to you know, leave us a message. Also, the PGA Championship in Tulsa, Southern Hills Golf Club, Country Club. Tiger won it there 15 years ago. We will not have a defending champion. First time ever where somebody was not injured, somebody was not ill. Phil Mickelson's not showing up. His book comes out tomorrow, that autobiography, and it says something about he has $40 billion in gambling debts. Also, remember the controversy with the Saudi Golf League, the Live Golf. Live Live stands for L-I-V. You know, Live Golf uh, is what it stands for, 54, 54 holes. And... So all that, he's not playing this year. Greg Norman got in the doghouse a little bit. He's over the whole murder of the Jamal Gashogi and said, well, we all make mistakes. Still defending the crown prince in this live golf. Jack Nicholas also made news in golf saying, well, I was offered in excess of $100 million to be the face, but I turned them down because I helped establish the PGA. I'm loyal to the PGA, but Phil's not going to be there. K.H. Lee, who just won the Byron Nelson, is. Uh, we'll see. Uh, the usual, how they do, Scotty Scheffler. We'll see if he gets the second major this year. So, anyway, on and to the agenda. Tiger is supposed to be there also, Sean. Oh, yeah. Ty- Tiger is going to be there, yes. Tiger is playing. His leg is feeling fine. Tiger's leg oh, okay. I thought he was going to wait for the British uh, Open, but uh, okay. No, no he, he, is, he is playing in the PGA. 
Okay, because, well, that'll, yeah, this that'll is, help. This is a course that he did well 15 years ago. He's been testing it, and he's going to play it. He wasn't He wasn't originally, but he. I think the last month or so, he got that itch. And I missed so, it. Wait, where is the PGA again? Southern Hills in Tulsa. Tulsa, okay. Oh, it'll be nice and warm there. Okay. And, uh, They've had it there several times. They've had it there several times. And okay. Tiger actually won that the tournament in 2013, Sean. Okay. Well, yeah. All right. Yeah. So the NBA, okay. So looking at the uh, recap, most uh, there was one series that was 3-1, and we'll talk about that, but the others were 2-2. And we had Miami a blowout Philadelphia twice, and the end there is four games to two. Um, just seemed like they couldn't really, Philadelphia never really reestablished. Harden had played a really good game to tie up the series, uh, you know, on that Sunday night when we, just before we came on. But, uh, you know, then Miami just really took control and, and Philadelphia wasn't really in either game, either in, uh, Philadelphia or Miami, Miami or Philadelphia. So uh, that was it for Philadelphia. Daryl Morey, the, uh, president of the 76ers has said that, uh, Doc Rivers will be back again. And why not? I mean, Doc Rivers is a good coach and he does the best with what he can. But, you know, we talked about people here were complaining about the Celtics. All they ever do is get to the Eastern Finals. You know, that was complaining about him losing it in 17 and 18 and 20. And Philadelphia hasn't been to the Eastern Finals since 2001. So, I mean, you know, I mean, sometimes it's, it's worse, you know, and people think of Philadelphia as a good team, you know, because they usually are, but they just don't get, get that far yep. in the playoffs. So, anyway, so and we'll see what they do. You know, they've got uh, in the offseason, they got, you know, Harden they have to deal with. They got Embiid. They got, you know, they did get rid of Simmons. So, I don't know what they're going to be able to do. But, anyway, they're out again. And then we already kind of talked about the Celtics beating uh, the Bucks four games to three. 28-point win in the seventh game. Blew them out. They were by, the Celtics were trailing pretty bad badly in the first quarter, like 10 points, and came back. Yeah. They, they were not hitting their threes for a while. Then they started to hit them. And then, you know, the Bucks, uh, you know, Giannis couldn't do it himself. I mean, he is the best player in the world. He just did. I mean, he just, you can't stop the guy. But he had no help. He didn't have Middleton, and that's important. And, you know, people should should take that into account because he really needs a secondary score. You know, Lopez helped a little bit. Holiday helped a little bit. They're good players. Uh, Connaughton was good early in the series. He couldn't get it going. Grayson Allen didn't do anything. Um, you know, throughout the series, but again, the Celtics, if you have enough good players, you know, uh, you're, you're going to overcome, uh, one guy and uh, he did that. Giannis did it exactly, absolutely what he could possibly do, but he just couldn't do it by himself. So that was kind of what now, happened. For, that. for those of you that follow the e, Chris, Rick, and maybe Sean, uh, is Miami really that good? You know, uh, Miami's a good team. Yeah. They've got Jimmy Butler, of course. They and they've got Jimmy Butler. You know, he's a good coach. Bolster's a good coach. They got Hero, uh, the guy that gave the Celtics the most trouble two years ago. And I don't know how good he's been this year or anything. Is out of bio. When they played them two years ago in the finals, that you know, in the bubble, uh, he was the one that really gave them the most trouble. So, you know, the Celtics have uh, struggled with Miami. Uh, they blew them out a couple times this year, but they also uh, lost a couple of close games at home. Blew them out in Miami. So. This is going to be an interesting series. Uh-huh. Okay. Good defensive team. And yeah, Jimmy Butler, playoff, playoff Jimmy Butler and regular season. I mean, he, he's one of those guys that turns it on in the playoffs. Okay. Right. So You would then, certainly um, want to listen to the Celtics uh, on the radio, though. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Although it's improved, though, with, with that, uh, who is it, Jason? What's his name? The guy, a little, the guy. A little bit, a little bit yeah. but still not, still not close. No, not like, nothing like Sean and Mac. Okay, going to the West. All right, I'm I'm from the east, and I got to ask. Now here what you the can heck? here you could listen to either radio. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, what happened to Phoenix? 
Yeah. Hey, <laughs> well, basic, basically put, Chris, they just didn't oh. show up on Sunday. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they basically... Or, or Friday. Or Friday. They, they got blown they, out then, they, too. Uh, the they, they did, game. but Sunday was just horrible. I mean... Ridiculous, yeah. That, yeah. that was... That, none of, nobody could score for Phoenix at all. They they basically laid an egg Sunday night is what happened. I mean, uh, I, I you know, Monty Williams, their, their coach after the game was like, I don't know what I just watched. I have no idea, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, it's like... They caught fire in the bubble right when they got in the bubble, almost made the playoffs, you know, got, got right to the brink of the playoffs, had a great year last year, went to the finals, had a great year this year. It's almost like somebody, you know, like it turned midnight and it was Cinderella and they yeah. disappeared. They went back into being the Phoenix Suns we all know and love that won 40 games a year. Right, I mean, right. it's just weird. I don't know. Very strange. But yeah. so now Dallas with Luca and. I don't know. So we got so Robert. We'll we'll talk about the Warriors, and then you can talk about the series. But Golden State, of course, uh, got that win that they needed. You know, they were up uh, three. Uh, well, where were they at that point? Three to one, and they lost on the fifth game. But then they won the sixth game on Friday. That's so, right. uh, what are your thoughts about the Warriors? A, are they healthy? B, you know, what are you looking at with uh, them playing Dallas? Um. Well, it, yeah, they uh, they are they're as healthy as they're going to be. Uh, of course, Gary Payton the second is still out. Um, and I don't know what the status of Otto Porter is. Um, and Steve Kerr uh, cleared uh, the protocol, so he'll be back on the bench. Um, but uh, Dallas gave us fits this year. We played them four times, and Dallas won three of those. So uh, I, it'll be a very interesting series. But this is playoff basketball, and the Warriors have a, a sizable advantage as far as playoff experience. So that's why I would favor the Warriors because Dallas really hasn't been too. I mean, with Luca, I mean, uh, I don't think Luca. Uh, Dallas was in the playoffs last year, I believe, but I don't think they went very far. No, um, I so. think you're right, Robert, with that experience. But yeah. that was also supposed to get them when they played Phoenix, and it didn't. Well, um, oh, oh, yeah, get Dallas, yeah, with Dallas, with Dallas, yeah. that was supposed Dallas, to get them yeah. with Phoenix, well, and clearly it didn't. Yeah, I have no idea what happened with the with the Suns on Sunday. I have no well, explanation for that. Couple Go ahead, Don. Interesting stats coming out of that. Because fast control showed up right in the middle of this show, as they always do every time they <laughs> <laughs> They hear you on the air and they say, we got to take care of that up there. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Phoenix scored the second, the second lowest amount of points in a game seven in a playoff game of any team when they scored 27 on Sunday night. Well, I think the second to Atlanta, second to Atlanta, who in 2008 against the Celtics only scored 26. Also, Phoenix is the first, the I believe the first uh, number one seed to not make a conference final since the 2007 Dallas Mavericks. So, the, and, who, and, yeah. who, and who beat Dallas uh, to prevent them from doing that? It was the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> um, but also on Sunday yeah, night. No, no, seven. That was San Antonio was in the oh, final. San Antonio. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm thinking of the year that the Warriors made it into the playoffs and knocked Dallas off because they were in the number one seed. No, uh, da- no, Dallas was that was a different year. Dallas didn't make the final that year. They, they beat them okay. earlier. Well, um, we know yeah. we know that uh, Dallas will be getting some help from from above because our good friend John would certainly be cheering for the Mavericks. Yes. Um, on Sunday night, you'll find this interesting. Of course, Dallas. I mean. Yeah, Phoenix scored 27 points in the first half. Luca himself had 27 points at yeah. the end of the first half. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's it was amazing. the biggest. That's amazing. It was the biggest. It was the biggest blowout 
in a Game 7 also. I, the biggest blowout in history in a Game 7, 33 wow. points. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, then we had two big, you know, 28 in the afternoon game. So there you go. Right. Big day yep. for blowout. So, okay, so here we go. So um, anybody got any – I think the Sullies are going to win this. I, I don't know why, but I just think – and Rick's right. They play – both teams play good defense. I think the Sullies really have locked down on defense better than they were two years ago when they played them in the bubble and the Miami beat them in six. So I think that they're going to be more prepared for Miami, and I think uh, it's going to be very good games. But I think the Sullies will win at six. Uh, of course, Miami with the home court advantage, and uh, you know anybody else with thoughts on that that series? Yeah, yeah I, I think I would. I think I would pick the Celtics as well. I'll say it'll go seven. Yeah, I'll, I'll pick yeah. the Celtics. Go ahead, I'm yeah. thinking six, but I'm thinking, know, I've, I've heard a stat that, and I've heard it a couple of times because I didn't really I didn't really believe it when I heard it the first time. It's a strange stat. Miami this year is tied with the Celtics for the best, you know, giving up the lowest percentage on three point shots. Right. But at the same time, Miami has given up more three point shots than any team in the league. Doesn't make, yep. I guess that just means that you just don't go inside on them, I guess. Yeah, but. yeah, that must be it. Adebayo and whoever else is in there, you know, and I, yeah. you know, we'll get a, a whole crash course. I mean, you know, we haven't seen Miami in almost a couple months now, but yeah. I remember when coming down the stretch and everybody was the top four teams were fighting for those spots, Miami won two really close games here, if I remember, in the last week. So that's a little scary, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I'll take Boston in the six also. I, okay. I think Boston in seven. I think Boston in seven on that one. All right. And what about the Warriors? I'm going to take the Warriors in six. Uh, yeah, um, I'll, I'll go with the Warriors, but I think it might take seven games. Dallas has given them trouble this year, so okay. I, think it's, I think it's going to go the distance. Perry or Sean? I'll say Wait. Dallas in seven. Okay. okay. I'm also saying Dallas in seven. Okay. I'm going Dallas in seven. You know, the one thing we do have setting up in, you know, in history, Dallas and Miami play in the finals a lot. They played twice, and the ups, and it was an upset each time. I remember in 06, Dallas was supposed to win, Miami won, and in 11, Miami was supposed to win, and Dallas won. So, right. you know, you got that going. What was your pick, Rick? I'm taking Golden State in five. Okay. Oh, uh, you got and, more confidence in them than well, I do, Rick. <laughs> and by the way, the East is on ESPN ABC. The West is TNT. Okay. okay. And then we have one death to talk about of a, a, a guy who, uh, you know, we certainly are familiar with, Bob Lanier, 73 year, uh, years old. St. Bonaventure he went to. He went to the Final Four in 70, the first pick in the 1970 draft with Detroit from 70 to 80, Milwaukee from uh, 80 through 84. And he was uh, he was a Golden State assistant uh, in like '94 and took over for Don Nelson when he resigned and he was an interim coach. Didn't do very well, but the Warriors were not you know good that year. Uh, uh, he was put in the Naismith Hall of Fame in 1992 in the College Hall of Fame in '06, I think. Uh, and uh, his number is retired in Detroit and in Milwaukee and uh, and St. Bonaventure as well. Uh, a lot of knee injuries, so that was the biggest problem he had. Uh, he had big feet. I think it was eighteen yes. uh, size eighteen feet. Actually, uh, it was. Yes. Uh, I met him because when when I was a vendor, I had an employees cafeteria at the Footjoy Shoe Company in Brockton, Massachusetts. They're big in golf shoes, but he actually came there once to get shoes made because I I, I thought it was a size nineteen shoe he had, but whatever it was, it was huge, and he had to come there to have special shoes made. And I I actually met him once there. It was a nice wow. guy. Well, it was originally rumored that he had size 22, but then several that years was a, They said that was a Korean yeah. size or something. Yeah, so. and then yeah. they came out and said, no, it was 18. So he's an all-star in 72 through 75, and 77 through 79, and 82 and 84. And he was the MVP in the 74 all-star game. And uh, he had averaged 20.1 points 
and 10.1 rebounds. I'm glad they put that in because you know they'll say somebody had 19,000 points. I, you know, I don't have the perspective to know you know what that is and figure out the game. So yeah, but that that shows, and uh, you know he, he was uh, yeah 18 and a half. They said were his shoe size. So, yeah. Anyway, so um, so we lost Bob Lanier and uh, supposedly a really nice guy, and he was actually born in Buffalo. So they did they did call him Buffalo Bob when he first got in the league. They stopped doing that because I guess just Buffalo Bob was white and he was black or something. And he just didn't do it anymore. And but, didn't he do some broadcasting with the N- old NBA radio? He might have. I believe he did. I, I believe he did. I believe he did. I don't, don't remember. In the 80s. In the 80s. After he retired, he did a few games. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we can now move on to the NHL. Oh, wait, no, we got, more no, NBA. The, tro- the, NBA, the NBA trophies. Oh, yeah. The renaming. Yeah, the renaming no, of the trophies. Okay. Okay. I thought I'd put it out there. The oh. Eastern Conference Finals Trophy is now known as the Bob Cousy Trophy. So when you win wow, the Eastern I just Conference got that Finals, basketball today. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good omen. And, yeah. and the Larry Bird Trophy is the Eastern Conference MVP. Okay. And, of course, the West, when you win the West, it's the Oscar Robertson Trophy for the team and the Magic Johnson Trophy for the player, for the MVP. Okay. Magic Johnson for every. I bet you there's going to be some mad Laker fans that they didn't put Kareem in as the, uh, the uh, you know, the because you got two Celtics and one Laker. Now, and Oscar did win it in the West, you know, with, well, with the, but no, he played the East, no, too. <laughs> if they're going to have, if they're going to have Matt Larry as the play for the MVP, they've got to have Matt because they went together. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, Oscar, Oscar and Bob Cousy, you know, I don't think there are too many people that are that upset. No. And they're, renew, they're redoing the Larry O'Brien trophy. I, someone tried to describe Grab it to me, and it sounds like it's real weird. They're they're doing all this, and they're adding all the names of all the teams that won it, and make trying to make it they're kind of like the, the, the Larry. It's going to be staying the Larry O'Brien Trophy, though. Yeah, yeah, okay. but the he's, he's our most famous postmaster general. That's important. And well, what they're what they're doing, Chris, is they're making the NBA trophy to to uh, resemble the Stanley Cup. They're going to put all the names. Uh, of the teams and the players right. that were on each team, yeah. and, uh, kind of like what hockey does with the Stanley Cup. Yeah. So that's what the NBA is going to do. You know, the thing is, yeah. Robert, the thing, the thing that would be analogous to Larry O'Brien didn't do anything wrong as commissioner. He was okay. Yeah. Maurice Podoloff got the league going, and David Stern was the best commissioner. Adam Silver was doing a good job. You know, Walter Kennedy and and um, Larry O'Brien were just sort of placeholders. So yeah. why yeah. this trophy? Maybe they should need to think about just calling it the commissioner. Trophy and have all of them have a part in the name or something. I don't know. Yeah. I wanna, I'm trying to. I know the co- the MVP for the year is the Kobe Bryant Award now. Is MVP isn't it? But I'm trying okay. to think what the and I'm coach trying to think the year the, would be Red Auerbach. Yeah, or, that is. They haven't named it yet, but that would be a good one. And but the the championship MVP. I'm trying to think. They could call that the Michael oh, Jordan. Uh, that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Champ- yeah, Michael Jordan would good. No, good. the championship MVP is the Bill Russell Trophy. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, it's the Bill Russell Trophy. Okay, have they named that. Robert, or are you just yeah, saying yeah, it should we'll be? keep our no, eye. On, we'll keep our eye on those. And since no, we have I didn't some. hear about these at all. Wow. Okay. They, well, no, they they did name that Chris. You know, and, well, uh, I can't complain. Okay. Three trophies are uh, Bird, Russell, and, and Cousy, so that, right. that's not bad for me. Yeah. Okay. All right. For the NHL, those trophies are made. Do we still have a Clarence Campbell trophy? I hope not. Jeez, <laughs> talking about bad commissioners. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so uh, the round, we were pretty much all tied. Uh, the one series was over. Colorado had already wiped out uh, Nashville, and I think we had a 3-1 uh, lead for, for uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh over the Rangers. And there were so many seventh games that that like, snuck by 
by. And they may as well talk about it first because it happened. And it was an overtime loss by the Penguins. They had a 3-1 lead in that series, but there was so much going on with all the seventh games in, in the NHL. With What did we have? Six of them we all together. Five five, five. five. Yeah, three on Saturday, two on Sunday. That it just, you know, snuck by that the yeah. Penguins had lost that, that three games to one. Now, Crosby was hurt for two games, but he did come back in, in game seven. Their goalie came back too, Jari. He came back. And he, he was okay, and uh, you know Sisterkin got things back going again. But uh, I don't know. It's just uh, the Penguin fans can't be too happy about that. No. And there's a report out of Pittsburgh now that that uh, Crosby was cleared for the game six, and the team said, "No, we're going to keep you out another game." Yeah, that, okay. that, that I heard that this morning on WFAN, Rick. So. Okay. Well, you know, well, that's probably Rick heard it too. But you know, the thing is, uh, it's it's tough for, and that's their, you know, it, it's really a tough off season when they lose there because. They <laughs> they love they love their hockey that's for sure. Oh. Well, they're going to play uh, they're going to play Carolina and we kind of talked about that. Carolina is a really tough defensive team. The Rangers, I should say, are going to be, like, be playing Carolina. I think Carolina is going to win that. I think Carolina is really playing good hockey. Uh, they they really play well at home. That crowd get really gets into it and uh, you know the Rangers are, again experience. I think Carolina, yeah, they lost a series coming up to this, but uh, they really won a good a tough series this time as did the Rangers. But I just think the Rangers Rangers are, are just, uh, you know, kind of new to the party. I think it's going to be tough for them. I think Carolina is probably going to win that one. And, uh, uh, I, I would have to agree with that. I, I, think I mean, unless, yeah. unless ahead, just Durkin stands on his head like he did during the regular season. Yep. Yeah, yeah, but he certainly did not during the Penguin season. No. Test no. Series. He had a lot of trouble. In the other side of the bracket, in the, uh, you know, the uh, – Oh, what do you call it? The Atlantic, not the Atlantic. What's the name of that? Yeah, it is the Atlantic yeah, uh, yeah. Division. Yeah. yeah. Well, Toronto didn't do it. Toronto <laughs> was ahead three games to two, and I put a message into our system, and I was saying how, you know, they've not only been ahead three games to two in series, they were against the Bruins. The Bruins came back and won two and won the seventh game here. They've also been ahead four to one in the third period of a seventh game and that not won a through. series. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> let's not give anything to Toronto yet, and they didn't get it done. So I don't know what the Leafs are going to do. I mean, they've got to be. They got uh, Matthews. They've got some good players, uh, Mar- Marner, and some of these guys. And you know, I don't know if it was the goaltending. I don't know if the defense is usually the defense and goaltending with those guys. What are you hearing, Robert, about Toronto? Um, well, what I'm hearing about Toronto is um, um, they uh, they've got to work on their defense. But the problem is Toronto does not spend their money wisely. They put too much money on their top forwards. And they don't pay for good defensemen, and that always comes back to haunt them. And that's one of the problems with their goaltending situation because they don't pay good good money for defensemen. They don't have they don't they don't their goaltenders are kind of hung out to dry. So uh, now, in, in the Bruins need to maybe I, they, people don't like to trade in the division. Maybe we need to get a forward for a defenseman. You know, yeah. I mean that because they have the because, opposite problem here. But uh, but the problem is I don't the, a lot of those contracts that they've given out are untradeable. Uh, yeah, you know, because of the way the NHL salary cap works. Yep. Well, I don't know what yep. Toronto will do to ever improve themselves. I think they're constantly going to be spinning their wheels until some of these contracts expire. And Florida finally won a series. They hadn't won one since 1996, so they finally won a series, and they they beat uh, Washington four games to two. And uh, you know, Rick already talked about the business with the you know, pulling the goaltender and all that other stuff that Washington tried. And you know, but uh, anyway, Washington is always the they were the they were the eight. You know, there were eight clear playoff teams that were you know getting in since like the beginning of March, and they were number eight. You know, you basically knew that they weren't going to uh, really be up uh, with the upper echelon. The Bruins threatened a little 
little bit, but fell back. Washington just wasn't doing that. And, you know, they've got Ovechkin, they got some guys, but they don't really have, uh, you know, anything that great. And Florida, is, you know, was the best team in the, in the, uh, you know, conference. So we'll see if they can make it. This is going to be a tough series, though, because they're going to have to play Tampa Bay. Yep. And, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, of course, uh, we talk, uh, talk about we, experience. Yeah, yeah that's they're, right. They're the, they're the two-time defending champions. Yeah. And like I said, during the Toronto series, uh, they're not going to go away. No. And, and Florida, yes, has been the best team all year in the East. And, you know, I'm going to be rooting for them for sentimental reasons. I want to see Joe get his name on the cup. But be uh, nice. I, I, just don't, I just don't think Florida's got what it takes to uh, beat yeah. Tampa Bay. And they uh, played last year, didn't they, in the, uh, in, the, in the division thing? You know, remember the yeah. new divi- the divisions they yeah. had with yeah. the, uh, that Southeast division or whatever they called that, where Carolina was with them and all that. And right. they played in the series uh, last year in the playoffs. Right. And Tampa so. Bay beat them then. So. They did. They yeah. did. So, so the, the so that drought is over. They got rid of. So the big one now is Toronto. They just haven't gotten rid of that, but they did get rid of the Florida one, and uh, we got rid of some in the NBA. No, but anyway. I, I think I think in the East you're looking at a Tampa Bay Carolina final. I think so. Uh, and uh, you know, again, yeah. uh, Carolina's going to have the same issue that Toronto and Florida's going to have. You you've really got to put a dagger into the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. I you know. I yep. think Tampa Bay is going to wind up coming out of the East. So, you know. In the West, we had Colorado had already beaten Nashville 4 to nothing, and that was not much of a contest. couple of close games. The Blues beat the um, beat the uh, Wild, though, 4-2. to two. And yep. so, you know, what do you think, Perry? That I know you don't follow hockey too much, but you had to have enjoyed that. Oh, I did. I watched, I basically watched that whole series um, with the Blues and the Wild. And I watched, I watched other games too, but I really did focus on that series. And now you get the Avalanche and Colorado is a very good team. So yeah. the Blues are going to have to up their game in this series. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's going to be pretty tough. Yeah, same kind of deal, Perry. Uh, Colorado has a lot of experience. So does St. Louis, but um, I don't know. It's gonna, they're really going to have to work for it in this series. Now, this Colorado is the this is under- the round, if I remember correctly, to where. You don't have local TV anymore. It's all national, no, right? right? Right. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But, uh, you know, of course, you have your local radio, and, and uh, that's good. Now, the, the, I'm trying to remember where Colorado, because uh, they had a great year last year, and they got knocked. Of course, they were in that, um, I think they were in that kind of central division thing. Uh, that, uh, they, no, they were placed in the Pacific Division, okay. and they dominated the Pacific Division. But once they got to the playoffs, they uh, they didn't do very well, but no. they made them, they made improvements this year, and they've been the top team in the Western Conference all yeah. year. and that's after a slow start too. They they had yeah. trouble the first month or two. I remember that, but that's you know. correct. Okay, and the other uh, we got uh, Calgary beating Dallas uh, four games to three. So Dallas had two seventh games, like Boston did, and uh, you know we had two this weekend. They had two this weekend. They went one and one as well, and uh, so uh, Calgary in a very low scoring series kept winning two to one, three to two, those kind of games. And it was a good series, but Calgary did beat Dallas four games to three, and they will go on to meet the Edmonton Oilers. So the Battle of Alberta. This is how hasn't this happened before that they uh, met in the playoff series. The last time they played in the playoffs was 1991, and wow. I, was, I was listening to Calgary Radio uh, Sunday night, at the post-game stuff, and oh. the entire province of Alberta is all ready to go. It's, it's, uh, it's a big deal for them up there. And, oh, yeah. And, and, uh, and believe me, they played a defensive series against Dallas, but against the Edmonton Oilers, you're going to have to outscore them, and I think that might be a problem for Calgary. And uh, it, it, it's really going to come down to who the best goaltender is. And I, I would favor Calgary because Edmonton is using 40-year-old Mike Smith. And Mike Smith is very – he's been very inconsistent. 
And uh, I, especially if they have some overtime games in this series, that might come back to bite the Edmonton Oilers. But mm-hmm. um, I, I, this this is the one series in the entire playoffs that is definitely going to go seven games. I, I don't see one team dominating the other. And these two teams and cities do not like each other. So for those of you who like old-fashioned hockey, you're going to get that in in this Jeez, series. These Canadians are supposed to be mellow and nice. I well, you know. got you got it in the da- you got it in the Dallas series too. The old-fashioned hockey. Oh yeah, you sure did. Yeah, you sure did. Okay. Hey. Dallas had two back to back game sevens, like right back to back. And luckily, the Mavericks game, if you wanted to watch both, you knew it was over. You could go over to the opening yeah. of the stars. That's but, right. We, we never had them uh, two seven, two deciding games. We had them on the same day that time in 83 that I've told you the story about with the Bruins and Celtics. But yeah, they were at the same time. It was about an hour and a half difference, I think. And uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah the, the basketball game was pretty much over. So you already knew that. So we got a couple of news and notes. The coaching stuff started uh, now. Lane Lambert. The assistant that uh, was mentioned last week, uh, that is the new assistant, uh, the new head coach for the Islanders. That's the guy that uh, that Peter uh, uh, Lou, Lou, Lou Lamarillo wanted. Yeah. And uh, the other thing, and I think this leads right into Lou Lamarillo and what he did, because uh, Vegas fired their coach. Uh, Peter uh, DeBoer, yep. Peter DeBoer, and I totally, I mean, you know, I don't know anything, I don't know anybody, I'm just saying, Vegas, what does Vegas do, Robert? They hire names, don't they? Uh, yeah, they, they and well, and they, they make stupid decisions when they fire their coaches. It, it, you know, um, they've got good hockey people running it, but when it comes to hiring and firing their coaches, they seem to do it at the wrong time. Gerard Gallant, who's now coaching the Rangers, they got rid of him at a odd time, and of course New York snapped him up. The Sharks got rid of Peter DeBoer after after DeBoer, you know, he uh, had stints in Florida and New Jersey, and Vegas snapped him up. I, I don't know what's happening in Las Vegas. Well, what about Barry Trotz for Vegas? Well, no, I, Barry Trotz has made it clear uh, he's tired of dealing with, you know, uh, U.S. markets, and I didn't realize where he's from. He's from Canada. Uh, he wants to go home and coach the Winnipeg Jets because apparently he's from the Winnipeg area. Oh, okay. And so he's told the Jets, uh, you know, I want your job, so we'll see if Winnipeg <laughs> gives him their job. Okay, so. and he can hold out for a year or two and, you know, yeah. do whatever because he's got he's got the money from the uh, from the Islanders' job, so he doesn't That's have to do correct. it right now. But That's that could put the Winnipeg coach kind of on the on the hot seat, you know. Now, they, well, right, they, now, right now they have an interim coach, so I think Barry could just you just right get it. Yeah. Yep. yep. And Boost Boudreaux, speaking of interim coaches, will be kept by Vancouver. Yep. Uh, he he did a good job when he took over. Uh, had he been the coach from day one, I think Vancouver might have made the playoffs. So. Um, okay. They they just they just brought him on too late for him to make much of a difference. Uh, had they had they made the change a lot earlier, I think Vancouver would have been a factor in the playoffs. He, he's a very good coach. All right, well, it's time for Pierre to wake up because okay. it's now time to start um, talking about Chris, baseball. Uh, Jerry, while you're unmuting, I have uh, yeah. I have three baseball scores and two suspensions. So while oh, you're oh, unmuting, good. while you're unmuting, Jerry, I'll go ahead and give you these. The White Sox are leading the Royals three nothing in the bottom of the seventh. The Diamondbacks are leading the Dodgers three to one in the top of the sixth. And the Mets are leading the Cardinals three nothing in the bottom of the fourth, and we have two suspensions, and they are okay. these: uh, Milwaukee relief pitcher J.C. Mejia has been suspended eighty games for PED use. That's the second okay. Brewer of the year with that, okay. and uh, also. Uh, Matt Harvey, who I don't believe is with anybody right now, has been suspended 60 games for distributing 
um, a drug. Oh, uh, Oxy- he was, oxycodone uh, is what he was uh, dealing. He was, so he, uh, to bring you up to date on that, Perry, he was with the Angels last year when the whole Tyler Skaggs thing occurred, and he was uh, working with that Eric K guy to distribute drugs. I right. think Matt Harvey, uh, maybe he's, uh, uh, he's not, only, not only is his baseball career over, but he could be, he could be facing some jail time. I would think so. Yeah. Would think so, so. Uh, J- Jerry, come on in. I, I thought I was going to be able to scoop you yesterday, Jerry, with uh, the baseball schedules, but not so fast. It was only the WNBA schedule. <laughs> right. Which I probably won't keep. But anyway. Um... So I still haven't been able to scoop you yet, Jerry, but it might happen. You never know. First of all, I'm interested in the comment from Bill about the Cincinnati Reds and the no-hitter that they lost. And uh, my next question is, for you, Robert, when is the next fight we can hear on Sport Talk? Um, I don't think you're going to have one, Jerry, until July 23rd. Um, Okay. uh, Now, I could be wrong about that. Now, frankly, I have not been listening to that station because I've had other things to do. But I believe the next time you will hear a fight on there will be July 23rd when Anthony Joshua rematches Alexander Usyk. I believe they'll carry that fight, but they may have others. But I haven't really had time to check their schedule lately. So, and, uh, and uh, Bill, Bill, how about the uh, no hitter? The uh, you know where Joe Block said the Pirates were no hit on Sunday and they were never happy. Yeah. Bill may, be, Bill may be away from the mic, Jerry, so we'll get yeah. him. We'll have him talk about that. Well, that'll be coming. We'll come through that story anyway when we right. finish. Yeah, we'll yeah. move through the news. But anyway, so standings. American League East, I didn't, again, not looking at the stand, paying so much attention to basketball and hockey. The Yankees are 26 and 9. What the heck is going on here? They're playing a lot of games with the Orioles, though. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. helping. That, that can help. Uh, didn't help the Red Sox, but anyway, they're 26 and 9. Um, Tampa Bay, 21 and 15. Toronto, 19 and 17. They've been struggling. I, I guess their bullpen is giving them problems. That's kind of yeah. what I've heard. Yes. <clears throat> the Red Sox have, you know, if you're going to get out of the hole, like, you know, Celtics got out of the hole, the Bruins got out of the hole to start their season, you have to start somewhere. And the Celtics have leaped past the Orioles now. They're 14 and 21, and Baltimore's 14 and 22. So, the, you know, the charge is on. And they actually had a decent week. They, they were 3 and 2 on their road trip against Atlanta and Texas, and they won last night over Houston. So, you know, that's good. So we'll see what happens. Um, in the Central, we have Minnesota still leading at 21 and 15. We have the White Sox at 17 and 17, Cleveland 16 and 17, Kansas City is 12 and 21, and Detroit is 13 and 23. So they're having problems. In the West, we have Houston at 23 and 13, and the Angels at 24 and 14. Seattle, who everybody was picking here on the show and around the country, a trendy pick, 16 and 20. So they had gotten off to a pretty good start, but they're not doing so well right now. Texas 15 and 19, and Oakland 15 and 23. And uh, in the National League, I don't want to talk about that. Okay, in the National League East, we have the Mets at twenty-three and thirteen. Philadelphia is seventeen and eighteen, so they're the only team over five hundred in their division. Uh, Miami sixteen and nineteen. Atlanta sixteen and twenty. Now I know they had a lot of West Coast games early, and I sort of chalked it up to that. I know they've also played the Mets. Their, the Mets their pitching has has not been great, no, and but, nor has their hitting. So they're off to a slow start. Yes, yes they yeah. are. And Washington's really off to a slow start. They're almost as bad as the Reds, 12 and 25. In the Central, we have Milwaukee at 23 and 13, St. Louis 19 and 15, 
Pittsburgh at 15 and 20. Again, you know, it's all perspective. They're about the same record as the, as the Braves, but you say if you're a Pirates fan, oh, that's decent. We're near 500. Uh, the Cubs, however, are 14 and 20. So right at the moment, the third place, place Pirates and the fourth place Cubs, uh, but that could certainly change. And Cincinnati is 9 and 26. So they're winning more games than they were. What were they, 3 and 21 or something like that? So yeah, they're playing a little the better. And the West, yes, that's right, the opposite of the Yankees. And uh, and they'll they'll play each other this year because, remember, the, the East is playing the Central. So that'll be a, a series to look forward to. In the West, we have the Dodgers at 22-12. and 12. All these Western teams playing well. Dodgers 22-12, and 12, San Diego 22-13, and 13, Giants 21-14, and 14, Arizona 18-18, and 18, and Colorado 17-18. and 18. So yep. there you go. And uh, just just because it's here, I wrote it on this sheet because uh, it was easier to do when uh, when I was doing this stuff. Craig Kimbrell has now passed uh, Joe Nathan in saves. He has uh, what is it? Three seventy eight. Three seventy eight in pa- passing Joe Nathan for eighth place. Correct. So um, that's and that's pretty fast for Kimbrell. Seems like he hasn't been around that long, but uh, you know he's building him up. That's for sure. Yep. So anyway, all right. So let's see. I guess yeah. Baseball. We have uh, Christian Yelich has it had it is the sixth player to hit for three cycle. I didn't realize that. The only other one that uh, David USF had was uh, Trey Turner, who's now with the Dodgers. Yeah. And there's and I think I, I think I heard that Yelich has done it all against the Reds. That's correct. Yes, all that's right. Reds. Yep, that's right. Even when the Reds were good. Yep. Uh, and we did have an actual, honest-to-God, complete game, no-hitter, the real old-fashioned kind, Reed yep. Detmers from the Angels. Uh, and uh, he, uh, he he was 22 years old, uh, and he's a rookie. Oh, he, he still and, is. He's not dead. Yeah. So he was. <laughs> what, what did I say? I'm sorry. You said he was 22. He still is. You said he was. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I, you know, the problem is I've never gotten invited to his birthday party, so I always get confused. <laughs> So anyway, so he's the 25th uh, no-hitter by a rookie. Boy, that's a lot over the years. Yep. And uh, 108, 108 pitches. Right. And, and uh, so in the 12th for the Angels, four of which were by Nolan Ryan. So yep. uh, there you go. The Angels yep. have racked him up. And ahead, ironically, uh, ironically, Chris, uh, this guy completely lost under the radar because this happened like last Tuesday. And, uh, you know, nobody had hardly talked about it or anything. I didn't find out about it till like, uh, Wednesday or Thursday. And I'm like, wow, if that would have been somebody for the Dodgers, it would have been all over the news, you know? Yeah, that's right. So Robinson Cano is going to sign with the Padres. I don't know when. I guess the 10 days uh, might not be up. He's, or already, he's already done Did it. He he's with the Padres yeah. now. Okay. And he'll get the league minimum uh, from them because the Mets are still paying his contract. And that'll go yeah. through next year. Yeah. Uh, Clayton Kershaw. He's only signed him for this year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And remember, somebody can pick him up next year and do the same thing. That's right. The Mets have to pay him for two years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is on the 15-day list with a right SI joint inflammation, and that is your in the the hip uh, pelvis area. And it goes uh, towards your back, towards your sacroiliac. So that's kind of if you, you know, ever strain your SI joint, you'll know what you did. And then uh, it connects the base of the spine to the hip. And then Shohei Otani hit his 100th home run this week. And uh, he's the only pitch, the only uh, other player is Babe Ruth to have 100 home runs and 250 strikeouts. Not surprising. And uh, three Japanese players have hit 100 home runs. Matsui with 175 and Ichiro with 117. So I'm sure 
Wilson Contreras. Chris also hit his hundredth career home run last night. Wilson Contreras of the Cubs. Of the Cubs. But as far as the Japanese players, uh, uh, Shohei will take care of that uh, being their home run king in the MLB. It's too bad that Satohuro O didn't play over here. Because you always heard about him when we were kids, and I don't know yeah. how good he was or anything, but yeah. he, he was never over here. We'd see him on those games. They would send a barnstorming team over in, like, November and in the early 60s to play, and you'd see it on Wide World of Sports over in Japan, and they were going crazy to see major league players, and that was kind of fun. But, uh, you know, we, he never got here. They didn't have the agreements that they do. Uh, it took him 444 games to get to the to the 100 home runs and the fastest by a Japanese player, of course. Right. Uh, so now we can get to the uh, the thing if Bill comes back. Pitt, Pittsburgh beat Cincinnati one to nothing. Oh yes, I'm right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Je- Bill, Bill uh, Jerry was trying to bait you on this no hitter thing. <laughs> uh, Jerry, 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 Jerry. There goes your slim. Jerry, <laughs> Jerry and Robert. No, I'm just kidding about Robert. <laughs> but. No, that was a a, a game. Um, maybe the manager shouldn't have brought him back out for the eighth inning, but it's still the same. I mean, yeah. he pitched a no hitter. He, uh, I think maybe the only positive he can take about it is maybe the future. Um, that, that was a good, good, outstanding. But now, Bill, from what I understand. The game should have gone to the ninth with no score because um, Art Warren, the reliever who came in, the, he got a double play ball, but you don't charge an error because they got an out. But because of that, they scored a run. Right. Well, the second baseman was indecisive on the play and got one out, but could have got two because he was hesitating, and that's what cost the run. If they get the two outs there, then that yeah. run doesn't score. So mm-hmm. that was the problem. But so then you're, say, you're saying then, Bill, you're saying then, then it would be possible that – uh, when Joe Blocks of the Pirates were no hit, but they've never been happier, that they might have been no hit and still not have been happy. Right, and, right. and they, uh, <laughs> it, it was it was a game, but the Reds looked pretty decent in the series. I mean, but you know, a no hitter and getting beat. Um, remember, and some of these pitchers aren't stretched out enough to go nine innings, and he pitched 118 pitches. Which is right. in today's standards is pretty high, right, Chris? It is, and oh, that's, sure. and that tells oh, yeah. you, and that tells you too what happens if you're going to have walks. No, they don't count as hits, but they do drive up your pitch count. That's well, they right. drive up your pitch count plus the potential of somebody scoring or stealing a base or an air. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, somebody asked a rhetorical question. I thought it was kind of silly, but somebody said, would you be happier you know, if you don't win the game, but at least your pitcher pitched a no-hitter? No. We had a situation, and now it's not even a no-hitter anymore, because now if you, it used to be if you pitched an eight-inning no-hitter, it counted if you were the uh, road, road, road team because, you know, you uh, are the home and that's what this yeah. was, Chris, because remember, the Pirates did not have to bat in the ninth because it was That's what I'm saying. Right, so, so it so, doesn't count. But the, what I'm though. saying is Matt Young pitched eight-inning no-hitter, but the Red Sox on the road, this is what would happen. You'd pitch an eight-inning no-hitter uh, because if you uh, were uh, behind, 
you would end up losing in the top of the ninth. Matt Young did that for the Red Sox against Cleveland one time, and I wasn't happy. I didn't care, you know. I mean, that didn't do me any good if they didn't win the game. So, and it was that an eight, was ninety two, right? Those the eight inning no hitters they took away. Was that a ninety two that that happened? Yes, but it they, did. They didn't. Yes, he did didn't get credit for a no hitter. I don't believe because a he didn't complete the game. He got. Seven and a third innings of no hit right, baseball, right. but, but Matt Young's uh, was a no was considered a no hitter for a few years, and then they changed the rule. Then they well, changed. Bill, in, in, Bill, in this case uh, with the Reds, it goes as a combined no hitter because they brought the bullpen in. That's right. and that's and that seems to be the thing now of a of combined no hitters yeah. now. Personally, this is just me. Personally, I don't give the combined no hitters the attention. That no, I do no, a, 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 a no-hitter. A no-hitter. No, I, I firmly believe that, you know, I, I'm old-fashioned, but nine, uh, you have to go nine innings and, and do it yourself. How many right. How many complete games have we had this year? One. One. That's no-hitter. Well, that was no, a no-hitter. No but, I mean, how many? Com- uh, that, that was, yeah. There's not, that the, the complete games are way, way, way down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the complete game. So uh, I can explain my absence. I was technically <laughs> def- uh, trying to fix something so Rick's name could be on there, and that's what I was working on. Okay. In a way. So, so. It's, it's, so you're, it so is, you're, say, you're saying then, Bill, Jerry should quit trying to bait you for those things. But it, it, also, it also is a bit like building the pyramids because it may never happen, but, you know, in our lifetime. But, you know, well, we'll know. It's, it's but, but we are, Jerry, we are having fun. We're, we are having we're, fun, we're having Jerry. Fun. We don't care. That's right. We don't. That's I mean, right. hey, I can take people. What did that guy call me yesterday? Um, yeah. Uh, all oh, well, I don't know this breathing thing that you're doing. You know, I mean, I would keep. I recommend doing it. Continue to do it, uh, Bill. I think it's important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> you guys can just criticize it, right? Get over and deal with it. So, uh, so no, you never know when this group is going to call on you, Bill. We're just so unpredictable and crazy. We just that's might. Right. Uh, you never know. But this time, it's anyway. working. But you go back to it. <laughs> all right. So, um, any more baseball? Do we have? Um, I don't think so because I gave I you the scores. So. I gave you the suspensions. Yep. Yep, and remember, those, those scores are the first games of doubleheaders. So. That's correct. The, the, yeah, you know, get, the, Cardinals, Met, the Cardinals Mets one, that is a straight doubleheader. The other two are day night doubleheaders. That's correct. Right. Yeah. And did you get Matt Harvey? Did you get Matt Harvey's suspension? I did. Matt Harvey yeah. and uh, J.C. Mejia was the other one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't even okay. know Matt Harvey was still playing. So I don't think Matt Harvey is technically Not, with anybody. But I, if anybody no, would ever sign him, going to be playing for the uh, the Shawshank Redemptions or somebody. Yeah, no, uh, I think know. if anybody would ever sign him, though, he's got to sit out now. Yeah, he's got to sit out as soon as they sign him. Yeah, as soon as they sign him, kind of uh, like uh, Antonio Brown. Yeah. But now remember, in baseball, technically, let's say that somebody would sign Matt Harvey. They can have him pitching in the minor leagues, and it and it, he would still be serving his major league suspension. That that is correct. Well, yep. uh, Rick will get his name on the show before <laughs> Matt Harvey comes back. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> NFL. Okay. Yeah. All right. Any any more uh, any no, more baseball? I think that's no. it. How about the NFL? NFL. Well. Um, now you had you guys had a couple of last minute items. So you did one, which is Deshaun Watson is going to start talking to the NFL about the uh, 
you know, how long a suspension he might uh, have for if, personal if conduct. Any, if any, that is if going any. on. That started today, and it'll continue through the week. Right. Yeah. Now, you guys had a couple of notes on uh, broadcasting, too. You know, we did the Tom uh, Brady last week, but uh, there was yeah, some other Drew stuff Brees, that happened. Drew Brees is out in NBC. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with him, and I believe there's one other one, but I don't remember what it was. Rick, did yeah. you I'm trying to uh, remember the other one. Uh, broadcasting? No, I didn't. I didn't hear anything. I thought there was another player uh, that got uh, was get, coming in to do. Something. Oh, uh, Sean Payton signed with Fox. That's Correct. Right. Yeah, that's right. Oh, Pierre said he's going to be in the studio. I think isn't he? You no, know, I don't. Know. I think he, he he might be replacing Tony Gonzalez because Tony Gonzalez went on to do something else, but you know, on the other kickoff show, the early one. Yeah. With, Oh, and also, uh, Drew Brees is trying to talk everybody into the fact that he's going to try to come back, but he's had the surgery. Pierre was telling us before the show, and he's had the surgery, but if, if he came back, it would be as only up till like September, October, before he'd even be ready to start to get ready. Yeah, so. I, yeah well, he just said he didn't know what he was going to be doing. He listed about, he said he, stick, he could still be with NBC. He said he could come back and play. He said he might play pickleball, and as a self-acclaimed pickleball reporter on this radio show yeah. for a couple last couple, I'm getting ready if he does, but... There was a rumor Fox was going to try to get him, possibly in their number two. But then when they got Brady, that switched. You know, they were going to have move. They were going to promote Greg Olson, but you know, when they got Brady, that kind of changed. They were going to try to buy NBC out and get it and work with something. But now, now with the Brady thing, we talked about it last week. Chris Russo um, talked about it yesterday, and admittedly, Chris is not a big Tom Brady fan. So when I tell you what he said, just keep that in, in the back of your mind that he is not a big Tom Brady fan. He said Tom Brady is not going to be any good. And he said, I think that because he can't be critical, he said, I just don't see him being any good. I'm going to wait and see. I yeah. mean, he doesn't He doesn't talk. There's not a lot of personality. The side that I get on those Jim Gray interviews. But, you know what, look, Troy his point, didn't have a lot of point point with Jim Gray is he said that is a podcast and you can podcasts can be edited. He said when you're doing a game that's live, you don't get to edit that. That's right. But Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman didn't have a lot of personality and look at him as a broadcaster. So and yeah. if you want to listen the the Marshawn and Haran sports media podcast from this past Wednesday, the whole episode they had all this other stuff planned, but it broke right before so the whole episode was devoted to Tom Brady and his three hundred and seventy five million dollars. It's about twenty five minutes. And you, and you have to and you have to remember in regards to Chris Russo, uh, he is sixty two, and it seems like the older he gets, the more critical he becomes with various people and various moves. Uh, and he doesn't like Tony Romo either, so keep that in mind. He's he's not. Uh, he's not up to date with all these newer analysts. He he's very critical of most. Well, of there's them. nothing wrong with you know if you like what you like, and you know you could say what you, you you think, and you know everybody. I mean, uh, I, I, this Tom Gordon thing is just ridiculous on the Red Sox games. I mean, it's just yeah. horrible. And you and know, the, I'm going to say it uh, probably every week until it goes away because it needs right. to. You know, this is not good. <laughs> so you know, I mean, when you have uh, Rob Bradford and people that could do this job, and I know they don't want Lou Merloni, but uh, you know, it's just everybody's got their. T- Case. And, you know, there might be somebody out there who's a, finally a, a Tom Gordon's wonderful. And I'm sure there's somebody yeah. out there that thinks the, the opposite of what I do. So, you yeah. know, but anyway, so the schedule came out. Now we talked briefly about the schedule. So I know that the first game, uh, as Rick and I predicted, would be uh, Buffalo at the Rams on, on uh, the first Thursday night there. Uh, what are some of the what, are, what is going on on the first weekend, for example? Well, the Sunday night game is um, uh Dallas and Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. And uh, the Monday night game is 
Seattle or Denver? You know, Russell okay. Wilson. I mean, I mean, it's like Denver and Seattle. Russell Wilson. Yeah, Seattle, yeah. Russell yeah. Wilson goes home. Because they're doing the doubleheader on week two instead of week one this time. And, and it's not a traditional doubleheader. It's like an hour and a half. Like the ESPN game starts and the ABC game will start an hour right. and a half later. Right. So, yeah. So and, I guess the big, the big four o'clock game would be Kansas City at Arizona. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Dallas, and has, then, Dallas has five primetime games, by the way. Who do the Giants open with, uh, Rick? At Tennessee. At, oh, well, there's Owen Run right there, I would think. Well, but. I mean, again, you know, look at the bright side. If, if you've got to do it, you know, the first week, uh, I don't think Robert Woods will be back. Um, the the oh. new rookie receiver, they, they got to take the place of, um, what's his, I can't remember his name, that they traded the Brown. other week. Brown, Brown, yeah. He, he may yeah. not be totally in with the offense yet. So, I mean, if you've got to do it, that's probably one of the better times to do Henry it. Henry will be the healthiest he'll be all year. Well, that's true, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you never know. I mean, and, and you know, every year, especially in the NFL, the NFL, it's a, it's a reset. You know, you look at some of these baseball teams and in the, in the year in, year out, they're, they're this or that, or they might have win maybe five more games or lose ten more, and they tend to stay the same. The Red Sox are bouncing up and down like a yo-yo. But a lot of baseball teams stay the same. But in football, you know, you could you could be one year, you know, seven and ten, the next year twelve and five. I mean, you, and then back to six and eleven the next year. I mean, you just don't know. The Raiders you know, open up with the Chargers, so that's yeah. what we open up with. You know, and uh, the, I know the the uh, Patriots are at Miami. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So, and they get Miami here New Year's Day. So uh, the weather the weather is not good for either team. You know, they've done it. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Hot, hot yeah. Uh, down there for in September and, and extremes too. They're not doing October, November kind of stuff. Right. They're gonna. <laughs> send uh, the Patriots down in the cauldron and send Miami to the refrigerator. So uh, anyway, and then uh, any other uh, schedule? Oh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, Buffalo at Chicago, the Giants at Dallas, and the Patriots at Minnesota. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. So we have and, the they're not, and they're not doing a Black Friday game. So no, no Detroit on Thanksgiving. No, no, Detroit is on. Buffalo is so playing Detroit. Chicago, I, I thought he said Buffalo, Chicago. Okay, okay. He, he, I guess he, he said, he said yeah. Buffalo, Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, Buffalo, sorry. Detroit. If if you're an exhibition football fan, that is a traditional exhibition. There's no season goes by that Buffalo <laughs> and Detroit don't play. They always yeah. play on exhibition yeah. season, so that'll be something that the fans are used to seeing those teams. So, uh, anything else going on in the NFL before I uh, talk about Chris, Gino Capaletti? Christmas games. Um, oh yeah, Green Green Bay at Miami. Uh, we already knew Denver at the Rams, and the night, the third one, I think Tampa Bay. I think in New Orleans, but I'm not sure. It's Tampa yeah. Bay and somebody. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that'll be, and the early game is Fox, then it goes CBS, and then NBC, and CBS is also on Nickelodeon. and they're doing it during the regular season. Yeah, and uh, the the Christmas Eve game will be on NFL Network, and it'll be the uh, Raiders and the Steelers, and they're going to celebrate the anniversary of the uh, That's uh, right. reception. That's yeah. right, because it'll yeah. just be two days. It was the uh, 22nd of December of 72. That's right. right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we need. We lost. Uh, you know, I talk about getting the basketball from uh, you know the Bob Cousy basketball, but here's a guy, another one of our guys that you know yeah, talk about the first star for a team, and you know Brady has been the biggest star and probably always be the biggest star, but this is the first star for the Patriots, and uh, and you know so the Gino Capaletti, we lost him at uh, I think 88 years. They decided natural causes. He was uh, he went to college in Minnesota. He was undrafted. 
he was uh, picked up, picked up by the, I, you know, I could have sworn he played in the Canadian football league that he had mentioned that in games, but I, there was nothing in the uh, obituary about that. So maybe that's not true, but he was a little bit older. So you would think he was playing somewhere for a couple of years, but anyway, it wasn't there. So he was uh, drafted by the Patriots. He played all the games of the Boston Patriots because he played all the way from 60 through 70. He never missed a game. And uh, we, we, uh, George Blanda and uh, Jim Otto were the only other two AFLers who played all 10 years who never missed a game. So he never missed a, a Boston Patriot game played in all the games they ever played as the Boston Patriots because they became the New England Patriots in 71. So uh, he was the AFL player uh, and MVP in 64 and the UPI AFL player of the year in 64. And he was the all-star in 61 and 63 through 66. Uh, and his number 20 is retired by the Patriots. And uh, he uh, even made the Hall of Fame, the second Patriot to make the Hall of Fame after John Hanna. And that's, that's fine. You know, nothing, nothing wrong with that. And uh, let's see, we got more here. We have, uh, he, uh, he was the all-time AFL scoring leader. And he should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, if you led, you know, the AFL was okay. It wasn't as good the first four or five years of, of, of existence. They didn't have the common draft of the second half. But if you lead that category in, in scoring, you should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I, that's all. I mean, it just makes sense to me. That's part of your history. What you're doing when you put people in the Hall of Fame, how do they compare to the other people in their era? You know, you say, okay, you know, nobody hits as many home runs, uh, hit as many home runs, but somebody like Carmen Kilbrew was a great home run hitter in his time. And now, you know, he'd be in the middle of the pack or steals, you know, nobody steals as much as they used to, but uh, who's dealing now that should be given credit at the time. So uh, that's, that's always my, my thought. So his radio career was uh, very uh, good. He came uh, with uh, Gil Santos 72 through 78 to do the Patriots. And, and he was doing BC with Gil from 72 through 76. Remember that the stations control who they have a lot to do with who the announcers are here. So BC left and to go to HDH, the old 850. So uh, Don Gillis was doing the game. So Gil was not doing the last couple of years there. Then uh, he's a special teams coach with uh, uh, Ron Earhart from 79 through 81. And uh, then uh, be back for BC radio with Dan Davis from 82 through 85. And of course, he was there for the. And uh, David had on on the obituary of the great Flutie play on, on the day after Thanksgiving in 1984, uh, where Dan's yelling, "He did it! He did it!" And you know, uh, and Gino yells, "He got it!" And then on D, uh, they, then uh, the Patriots radio with Dale Arnold uh, from 88 through 90 on HDH again because the AEI had it, so they had John Morris as their caller man. Then with Gil from 91 through 2011, and uh, he was also a sportscaster on both uh, e, uh, BZ and HGH, and he was a fill-in talk show host, and he, uh, I think he did some TV, too. Uh, and Gil and Gino did 585 regular season and postseason Patriots games uh, uh, together, including six Super Bowls. So uh, there you go. And uh, uh, he had 42 receiving touchdowns, 176 for 333 uh, in field goals, which doesn't uh, seem great. But that's, you look at a lot of these field goal statistics back then, they weren't, they weren't oh, good. No, I think the posts were, yeah. I think they, the posts were narrow, weren't they, Rick? Yeah, I think so. But I, I just, the kicks just weren't as good, I don't think. You know? Yeah. I mean, I remember watching an old, uh, an old film, um, 
an old Steelers, you know, Super Bowl when they won four out of six years there, and the turnbook was Roy Jarella. Yeah. And he'd say, what, what a great season he had, and he was something like 15 for 24 field goals. Yeah, Jarella's Gorillas, yes. Yeah. 300, but very good on the extra points, 342 for 353. He had uh, first uh, regular season points in the AFL. Uh, the Patriots uh, got, got ahead 3 nothing on uh, September 9, 1960 at BU Field uh, when Denver beat them 13-10. to Again, another come from behind uh, <laughs> victory for somebody. And uh, let's see, we talked about Jim Otto and him and uh, George Blanda and uh, played in all the AFL games. So week in, week out. So he was a good guy. Every, uh, no one ever had a bad word to say about him. You just knew that he was friendly. He was known as the Duke. And, now, uh, you if, know, if uh, Jim Otto and George Blanda are there in the Hall of Fame, Gino Capaletti should be. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, and, and the Patriots weren't, you know, they had their, early, in the early AFL, they were successful. You know, 61 through 66, they had a pretty good uh, team. But, you know, then they, remember, we ran down those stats, and they were seven, and Denver was eight. So you right. don't hear much about Broncos. And, but there were no real all-time Broncos at that, back at that time, you know, maybe a little bit. But nobody that was, you can totally say, synonymous. You know, you had people with the other franchises, you know, like, uh, you know, Jack Kemp with Buffalo, and, you know, different people for every team. There was somebody yeah. that you thought of, you know, Ernie Ladd and Earl Faison with the Chargers and, yeah. you know, uh, Lance Allworth. And, you know, there were three or four guys on most teams. Denver didn't have anybody, but Gino was one of the Patriots guys. I mean, you had Bay Perilli, you had, you know, uh, it was just a, you had Larry Eisenhower on defense and Jimmy Coclo and uh, Artie Graham yeah. was a good receiver, Jim Whalen. So you had some good players on the Patriots and uh, they just didn't, uh, you know, always put it together. But uh, Gino was a great guy and uh, he, I'm sure he'll be missed. Uh, I don't think he was around too much lately uh you know you didn't hear much about him maybe it had he had a heart attack in 2001 and he missed about half the season uh he came back uh you know, and uh, they Pete Brock filled in for him about half the year in that 2001-2002 Super Bowl. I thought he was going to have another heart attack when they won it. He got pretty excited. But anyway, so uh, we're going to miss him. Well, well, Pierre is going to be around. So, Pierre, go ahead and unmute. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to wake up from that NHL thing, but I think I can. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and that's uh, right. Hey, Pierre, you know, tune in. MSG, they will put you to sleep, that MSG stuff. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I uh, I read an interesting article today that by Russell Wilson going to Denver, he will have a chance to beat all 32 teams in the NFL because the only teams, teams he hasn't beaten uh, are the Seattle Seahawks and the um, uh, who was the San Diego Chargers. And they, I think Brady's beating them all now, right? Because yeah, he beat the Brady's Patriots. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so so he's going to play those two teams this year. Mm-hmm. And, yep, and he can get in that category of beating all thirty-two teams. Uh huh. He should. I mean, should beat Seattle in uh, two shots at the Chargers. So. Yep. Yeah. I think there's only what two or three starting quarterbacks. Uh, was Brady the first one to do it, or, or Montana? Be. Montana. I think well, there weren't thirty-two teams yet. Yeah. I don't think well, Montana. Oh no, oh, Montana beat all thirty, but yeah. uh, Brady's yeah. supposed to do all thirty-two. I think. Right. Right. And I know. I know Derek Carr has beaten. Uh, quite a few. Uh, there's still a few. That well, he's, not, he's always been he pretty much. Yeah. yeah, you have to. If you stay there, he hasn't beaten the Raiders. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yep, yeah. I know that. So, but, yeah. Okay. Oh. Anything else we got here? I think, I think well, we got um, Well, Rick, well, we got uh, a couple of um, backup receivers signing today. Okay. Um, Tajay Sharp signed with the Bears. 
Geronimo Allison signed with Atlanta, and Atlanta traded with the Raiders to get Brian Edwards, a third-year right receiver, and they they swapped also fifth and seventh-round draft. I I think Edwards will do well in Atlanta. Uh, He he just didn't fit with the Raiders. Yeah, Uh, I know what happened when he was when he was a rookie. I thought I thought he was going to be pretty. Actually, I I drafted on my fantasy team. I thought he was going to do something, but he never did. No, he never. Uh, But I was going to ask you, Rick, about James Bradbury. The Giants cut him. Where do you think he'll wind up? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, that it was strictly a you know a salary cap movie. I, I wish they didn't have to cut him. You know, he was the best cornerback. I have no idea where he's going. Yeah. I know the Raiders are interested in him, and they 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 hope he doesn't sign with anybody before June first. They want uh, because uh, they uh, they get a lot of cap space after June first, and they they would like to sign him. I know that for a fact. It'd be a good addition. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I think that's all the football. Well, it is, and we do, before we turn it over to Sean, we can now report officially the White Sox did beat the Royals in game one, three, nothing. The other two games are still in progress. Go ahead, Sean. All right. All right, well, listen back to this great podcast at any time, and you can even sleep to the hockey if you need to, like Pierre, by downloading legendoldies.com or telling your smart speaker to play Sports Loud Live from Apple Podcasts, or go to 773-572-3006, option number nine. And come on back next week. We'll talk about the PGA Championship, the Preakness. It'll be Indy Week also, plus we'll have the playoffs. So until yeah, we'll next be in week, the middle we'll... of those, all those series we were talking about, three or four games, we'll have been playing.